Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. So today, I want to talk to you about a topic that you and I know, we know this, right? This is one of those basic, fundamental things that you and I know, but but here's the problem, is that most of the time when it comes to followers of Christ, the things we get away from are the basic, fundamental things that we we know, right? We we know this. but we dismiss it as, well, that doesn't apply, or I'm more mature, or I can handle it. And so today I want to talk to you about what are you watching? What are you looking at? What are you putting in front of your eyes? Because what is going to happen is we're not watching the right thing. If we're not looking at the right things, what happened to Jim Marshall will happen to us, and we will start running a wrong way when it comes to this life. And hear me, it will cost you way more than a safety. It will cost you way more than what it costs the Minnesota Vikings. It will cost you all sorts of heartache, all sorts of regret simply because we never decided to be careful about what we were putting before our eyes. And we know this. When we have kids, we teach them this song, right? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above who is looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. I don't know why I don't have a Garth Brooks mic and just do worship too, right? Like, I don't know why. Um, but you guys, we, we know we were taught this, and yet we come to this place where we think, well, I, I can handle it. It doesn't have an effect on me. It, it's not that big of a deal. And, and what I want you to know before we go any further today is what you watch and what you're looking at and what you're viewing is a big, big deal. It's a big deal. And I hope... I really do. This is why I hope this message convicts us to a point that, that the goal isn't to make you feel bad. It's to, it's to move you to a place where you do something about it, right? That, that's the goal, is that the Holy Spirit would move in such a way that it convicts us to change. Because just knowing the information about this makes us feel bad. But when there's action behind this information, it brings transformation to our life. So here's what I want us to understand as we get started into this message. The very first thing is this, what we feed our eyes will eventually rule our hearts. What we feed our eyes will eventually rule our hearts. And parents, if you have teenagers, if you have college students in this place, man, you better send them this message because this could be an absolute lifesaver to their life. What you feed your eyes eventually rules your heart and ends up running your life. It's true. What we focus on, we run what we're focusing on, right? Like the the other day, we were up in Michigan this past week with our, our leadership team, 
and the stars where we were staying were phenomenal. Like Mars was out this week. I don't know if any of you knew that. It's bright red, but it's like, it's like we were in the Hunger Games, right? Like it was just, I was like, this isn't real. Like somebody shoot an arrow at it and it's all gonna come apart, right? Like it was, it was crazy. But I started, I, and, and it's a wide open space, but I looked up and I tried to walk and I just start walking like a little toddler, right? Why? Because I walk and I go after what I am looking at and it's really hard for me to walk straight if I'm not looking straight at what I am walking towards. And you and I, our life goes to the direction of what we are looking at because what you let in to your eyes eventually rules your heart and runs your life. And here's what Jesus said. He says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 through 23, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. When what, and when what you're looking at is good, your whole life becomes good, right? When what you're looking at is healthy, your whole soul, your whole heart is healthy. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. And some of us were familiar with this text, but we're really a lot more familiar with the verse before this and the verse after this. In verse 21, it says, wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. Verse 24 says this, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Here's what Jesus is saying in this whole text. We, we always just thought this was a money text. It's way bigger than that, right? It, it's way bigger than just a money text. Jesus is saying this, our eyes will always be drawn to what we treasure. Our eyes will always be drawn to what we treasure, but they also play a huge role in what we treasure. It's a huge, huge deal about what you are putting before your eyes, what you were focusing on. And you and I were not meant to be able to handle looking at the wrong things. You, I mean, let me just demythify something. Mythbuster Justin Graves right here, right? You were never meant to be mature enough to handle looking at the wrong thing. It's nowhere in the Bible. There's, there's no place where you're like, and if you reach a certain spiritual maturity of being like the Lord, you can handle looking at porn. It's not there. It's not there, right? The spiritual mature thing is to be careful about what you are letting in because Jesus says this, and he knows this, what you let in starts moving and ruling your heart and running your life and you start running and trying to get things and do things and accomplish things that you were never intended to accomplish. And today, this is a message way bigger than just about pornography, though we're going to get into that. And some of you, it makes you uncomfortable for the pastor to talk about pornography. But can I tell you, if there's one prevalent problem in our society, it's pornography and the church can't be silent on it, man. We've got to talk about what's going on in our homes and in our lives and what the struggle is. Got to, you, you got to address it, but it's way bigger than just that. Some of us, we are making our whole life 
about things because we are seeing things and we want those things because what we are watching all of a sudden is engaging and motivating our lives and our hearts. And man, we're running this life crazy to try to attempt to achieve something we were never meant to attempt to achieve. The other day I had to stop looking at something on my computer because it was leading me in a dark place. And some of you are like, wow, I can't believe you're admitting this. Um, but I started looking at a 67 Mustang Eleanor. Um, and some of you, if you are not into muscle cars, um, just, I will say it this way, it's a really cool car, okay? So you're like, okay, it makes sense. Um, but it's this car that's in Gone in 60 Seconds and John Wick. So some of you are like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it is phenomenal. Here's a problem. They're like $120,000. Um, $120,000, so I was like, well, maybe I'll just look at a 67 Mustang convertible. That's probably a little bit more doable. If you were thinking about buying your, your pastor a, a 67 Mustang Eleanor, I need you today to fill this card out first, right? Let's just, let's just and then buy the Mustang after. I'm just, I'm just gonna be real honest. Um, but here's the deal, is that I started trying to figure out a way to make this happen. I was like, man, if we, if we move this around, if we stop doing retirement and we stop saving money and we stop, we sell our house and we take what we made off our house, I think, I think we could make this happen. And if your financial strategy is, I think we can make this work, that is a horrible financial strategy. It doesn't work if you're trying to make, it either works or it doesn't, right? And I, I like, Casey would come around the corner and I close the window off on my computer. I'm like, she's like, what are you looking at? Nothing, babe, nothing. She's like, what? What are you looking at? I'm like, oh, looking at 67 Mustang Eleanor. I'm sorry. And she's like, am I not enough? And I'm like, I'm sorry, babe. You're enough. You're enough for me to be happy. I've got to close. You know, I'm like, you are enough. You are totally enough to make me happy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said I wouldn't, but I'm sorry, right? And, and here's what happened. Here's what happened. What I began to look at and focus on, I started to go towards. That's human nature. And some of us, what we have decided to let in, I can tell you this is truth. What you have let in and what you have watched, you begin to focus on and you've started to move towards it. Because what you start to focus and look on becomes the desire of your heart. Your eyes always follow what you treasure and what you treasure is based on what you are letting in. So what we let in and what we look at and what we watch and what we focus on is huge, is massive when it comes to being a follower of Christ. And we can't dismiss it and we can't fool ourselves and we can't deceive ourselves because the Bible talks all throughout that. Don't deceive yourselves. Don't fool yourselves, right? This is one of those moments because what I know about you and me is this, is that deep down inside of us as being a follower of Christ, you and I want to have a heart of integrity. We want to be a person of integrity. And that means that we are a person that is following after the Lord and we're doing what we ought to be doing and we're looking at what we ought to be looking at and we're going towards a life that God has called us to go after when people are looking and when people aren't looking. And if you and I are going to have a heart of integrity, we do it by living out Psalms 101. It says this in Psalms 101, verse two through four. It says, I want to study the way of integrity how long before it gets here? I will walk with a heart of integrity in my own house. 
not just when everybody is watching, but in my own house with the people I am closest to, when nobody's watching, I'm going to be a person of integrity. How does that happen? Verse three says this, I won't set my eyes on anything worthless. I hate wrongdoing. None of that will stick to me. A corrupt heart will be far from me. I won't be familiar with evil. And some of us, we've gotten familiar with evil. Some of us, the reality and the truth is we are watching things that are worthless. And if you're going to have a heart of integrity, the psalmist says this, I won't put anything worthless before my eyes. So here would be my encouragement to you. Point two, you and I have to watch what we watch. Right? We have to watch what we watch. Nobody is in charge of you except you. Teenagers, let me, let me shift that a little bit. <laughs> Your parents are in charge of you, but there comes a point where they can't be everywhere you're at. They can't control what you look at on this and what you don't look at on this. Adults, teenagers, college students, singles, married people, young people, old people, can I tell you this phone right here, this is a ticking time bomb in your hand if you're not careful. It will take, and I'm not preaching against technology. I'm not like, everybody needs to go back to a flip phone, get you a razor. That's what we're going to do. If you don't got a razor, you ain't holy, right? That's not what I'm, <laughs> hashtag that, right? <laughs> like, trending. Um, but here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm saying. If some of us, we think it's not a big deal what we're watching and what we're looking at. And I'm going to push back on you and say, it's huge. What you're watching and what you're looking at. You and I have to watch what we are watching. If you're gonna have a heart of integrity, if you're gonna be a person of integrity, what are you watching? What are you accessing on this? Because I will tell you, as parents, we're super careful and we're super cautious about what our kids watch. We're super careful about what our kids and what shows our small children especially are watching, right? Like, like you're, you're cautious. And so it, it was that way when I was growing up. When I grew up, the two TV shows I couldn't watch were the Smurfs, the, the blue little demons. Um, you couldn't watch the Smurfs, although I could watch Bugs Bunny kill people and shoot people and at times act demon-possessed in Halloween. I could watch Bugs Bunny all day, but not the Smurf. But, and, and the Thundercats, right? Like the thun, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. Oh, yeah. I can, I, and I was like, why can't we can watch the Thundercats? It's a bunch of muscle-up guys, like, like having supernatural powers that are taking on this mummy. And, and like I was, and I like understand, like I understand where my parents were coming from, that they understood what I watched as a kid was a big deal. And so they were being really cautious of what they were allowing me to put before my eyes. And so it came from a good heart because they understood this, what you see, you can't unsee. And what I watch influences me. What I watch influences the way I view people, the way I view things, and it impacts my life as a kid. And what is true for you as a kid is true for you as an adult. 
Man, watch you, hear me, watch you see you can't unsee. Hear that. Somebody asked me the other day, what is the best advice you would give to a 12-year-old boy? I said, be careful what you watch, what you put before your eyes, because what you see, you cannot unsee. Some of us, we need to get that. We think, well, I'm mature enough, it doesn't impact you. No, it impacts you. I'm mature enough that it's not having an effect on me. No, 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 you're fooling yourselves. If you think it's not, because Jesus says this, man, if you are letting in light, if you're casting your gaze and watching what is good, then your heart and your soul is going to be good. But if you're letting in darkness, guess what? It impacts your life and my life. And parents of teenagers, if you wouldn't let your teenager watch it, what are you doing watching it? Like, really, what are we doing watching it? Is what you are putting before you useless or is it beneficial? Because some of us, what we are watching isn't benefiting our marriage. It's not benefiting our relationship with God. It's not benefiting us as a person. It's not benefit. In fact, we feel like dark and weird after we watch some of these shows and we're just, oh, let's do it again. Maybe it gets better, right? Like what? What are we doing? Like, really, what are we doing? And this isn't one of those, oh, you're just being overly cautious and righteous. No, no, no. I'm just trying to make us sure that we are really being obedient to what Jesus called us and how he called us to conduct our lives and to be careful about what we are putting before our eyes because it's a big deal. There are three things that I think we try to dismiss that are big deals. And the first one is this, pornography. If you're struggling in pornography, hear me, this is not coming from a place of judgment. You're, as your pastor, when I was in high school and when I was in college, I struggled with pornography. And it was a struggle. I don't, some people are like, oh, you still struggle with porn. No, 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 no. When I was in high school and college, I struggled with it. And man, it had a grip on my life. Now it's... It's so easy to access. It's so easy to cover your tracks. And, and here's what I hear all the time. Well, I'm not hurting anyone. No, 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 no. You are hurting a ton of people. You're empowering the porn industry, first of all. Sex trafficking is directly linked to the porn industry. And you are dysfunctioning your view of the opposite sex of women, of men, and what sex should be and what it is meant to be. Everything that it touches, it distorts. You know people like that. When they come into your house, they just destroy everything. You're like, get out of my house, right? This same effect when it comes to your life, it is a, it's a big deal. So don't say, oh, it's not hurting anything or not hurting anybody. It's hurting everything and it's hurting everybody that is involved with it. It's destroying marriages. It's destroying ministries. We have more pastors addicted to pornography. We have more missionaries addicted to pornography. We have more couples addicted to pornography. And hear me today, it is a big deal. And you are the one in charge of you watching what you watch. Well, I don't watch porn. How's your Hulu subscription going? How's your Netflix subscription going? How's your Prime Amazon? What you watching? I've had so many people say, hey, you got to start this. You need to watch this. You know what? And I love watching TV, right? But I'll get in and start watching. I'm like, dear mercy, what's going on? 
I'm like, what? What is happening right now? Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, Casey, I didn't know that was part of the show. And she's like, no big deal. We're not watching it. I'm like, no, we are not watching it, right? I'm like blushing in the bedroom. I'm like, holy cow. Like, yee. But here's what's crazy. We're putting things before our eyes and we're not even thinking about it. We're putting things before our eyes and we're not even embarrassed about it. And right now, I hope this moment, some of us are so convicted. I really do. Because some of us, we have just justified it and said it's not that big of a deal. No, 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 no. It's a big, big deal. Third thing is this. Many of us, it's the stuff, the status in society. It's the stuff, it's the status in the society. We run after stuff and stuff and more stuff and more stuff and I've gotta have this and society says I have to have this stuff to make me happy, I have to have this stuff to make me look successful, I have to have this stuff and we're just like wrong way Jim Morris, right? We're just running after things you and I were never called to run after because Jesus knew in the long run it's not gonna make you happy anyways. It's not gonna make your life better, you're just gonna destroy your life trying to get all this stuff in the process. Some of us, our gauge is all on the stuff because our focus and our, what we're watching is society and we're taking our cues from society. For some of us, it is status. I wanna be an online influencer. Why, what's that even mean? Like I just want people to listen to me on Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and I wanna be an influencer. Like what, why, why, why? Because it's status. I'm like, okay. Let's break this down. I just want to have a really great name. Can I tell you from everything I've read in the Bible, God has called us to do great things, but not really worry about a great name. And I'm not talking about integrity, and I'm not talking about being a person of character. I'm talking about, it's more about his name being famous than yours. And everything I read, we're not called to take our, our, our cues from society. And man, if I just have this great name and if I have status, I'll arrive. In fact, the Bible says this. Jesus says this, that if you're going to come after me, then you're going to have to deny yourself. It's not about your name. You're going to have to pick up your cross. You're going to have to die, your, die to yourself and follow after me. And John the Baptist said this, if you're going to follow after him, like, like, think of this. When John the Baptist says, saying this, he has built this ministry and built this ministry and built this ministry and Jesus comes in and all of John's disciples are getting mad and John's like, hey, calm down. The reality is, Jesus, he's got to increase and he's got to become more and more and my job is to become less and less. It's not about me, it's about him. And the same thing is true for you. It's not about you following society. You are called to follow after a savior. That's where it's at. And if you're gonna have a heart of integrity, you've gotta watch what you watch and you've got to watch where you are focused at because eyes are not neutral. They influence and drive our hearts and where the eyes wander, the heart follows. So hear me today, if our eyes aren't neutral, if our heart follows our eyes, we've gotta make sure we don't give our eyes a long leash. Right, we gotta make sure we don't give our eyes and our heart a long leash, but we've gotta keep it on a short leash. Some of you with tiny little dogs, I call them cats, I have one, right? Um, and uh, we have a dog named Max that I call Cat. Max is a cat. And um, 
I, I see people with these leashes, these retractable leashes all the time, and I never see a big mean dog on it. I always see a little yappy dog, right? It's always a, a weenie dog or it's a, it's a chihuahua, and those are the two dogs I hate the most. If you have a chihuahua or a weenie dog, I love you, I just hate your dog. And some of you can't, you can't love me and hate my dog, it just did. And so, um, because here's what happens. If you have a chihuahua and weenie dogs are the worst, right? Like you got a weenie dog and I had a best friend who had one who named him Coney. I was like, that's pretty good. Um, but, and, and Coney, like they have him on this leash and every time Coney would come up and act like he was gonna bite me. And so now I've come to this place where I resent weenie dogs and I'm like, if you don't have your weenie dog under control and it's on one of these leashes and it comes to bite me, I'm kicking your weenie dog in the face. I'm doing it. I'm not gonna feel bad because that thing's gonna tumble. Oh, I'm kicking hard. Like a 50-yard field goal, it's good. I'm, I'm just, and a chihuahua, what's a chihuahua gonna do? Like, put, that, put it on a short leash, right? I think I just broke this. Um, anyways, what you don't see is my 100-pound giant schnauzer on this, who is a great dog, but he's kind of mean, right? Like, he'd rather bite you than, like, greet you with kisses. He's like, I'm gonna bite you. Um, why? Because I can't afford to have my dog who is capable of hurting people on a long leash, I've got to keep him on a leash that I can control. And you and I, when it comes to our eyes, we can't have this long leash. We've got to come to a place where we are practicing a, a portion of the fruit of the Spirit called self-control that we don't like to hear about because all of us need work on it, right? right? But self-control, where we're keeping our eyes on a, law, on a short leash instead of a long leash. And if you and I are gonna do that, this is what we've gotta do. And this is something I hope you write down. I hope you pray this. I pray that you go after this. And it's simply this truth. When I purposefully fix my eyes on God, then God helps fix my thoughts. And I become more like Christ. When I purposefully fix my eyes on God, because you're a your eyes aren't going to purposefully go there. You have to purposefully fix your eyes on God. Then God helps fix my thoughts and I become more like Christ. Can I tell you, life is way better when you become more like him and less like you. Every part of your life, your marriage, your finances, your health, what you're looking at, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your friends, at work, everything that could possibly be in contact with your life, your life is way, way better. You and I are way better off when we become like Jesus Christ and less like ourselves. And life is better when we do life his way. And yet we're so reluctant in this area of our life. But what I can tell you is when I purposefully fix my eyes on God, he helps fix my thoughts. And the result is I become more like Christ. It says this in Colossians chapter three. If I give you some homework this week, I would challenge you to read the chapter of Colossians three. Go so well with this message. Colossians three, read the whole thing. Read it all week long. Read different translations. Get your study Bible and read the notes in it. But Colossians chapter three, verse one through two, and then we're gonna jump to verse 10, says this. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, 
not the things of earth. Verse 10, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Man, this is huge. It's that I'm not thinking like culture. I'm not focusing on culture, but I am setting and I'm fixing my eyes on God. And as a result, he's helping fix my thoughts and I'm becoming more like him. So how do you and I have a heart of integrity? How do we put our eyes on a short leash? What are some practical steps we can take? And I've got to hit these quick. The first thing is this. I would tell you to do something about it. Don't just listen to this sermon, but do something about it. Don't just know it, but do it. Don't just have ears, but hear it and listen to it. The problem is this. It's not that we don't have information. It's that we don't have the application. I say this all the time, but when information meets application, it always brings transformation. Information plus application equals transformation when it comes to your life. And the same is true right here in this area. Matthew chapter five, verse 28 through 29. Jesus said, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, I love this part, even your good eye, like which eye do I get rid of, right? My good one or my bad one? Um, So even your good eye causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. That's what Jesus, these aren't my words. Some of you are like, wow, you got real serious real quick, right? Do something about it. Because here's the truth, whatever you permit, you promote. Whatever you permit in your life, you're promoting in your life. And some of you, you've got not, it's not enough to feel bad about it. But you've got to do something about it. You got to get to a place where you don't have access to it, where you've got filters on your phone and you're not the goober that has the password. That doesn't work, guys. I don't know why I keep accessing it. I do. You have the, you have the stinking password to the, to the filter. Like you've got to do something. You've got to be proactive to where you can't access it. Some of the things I have heard about people that struggle with substance abuse, you can't have a bottle of alcohol in your pantry and just be like, I hope I don't get there. No, you can't have access to it. Like, how's that bottle keep getting lower and lower? I don't even remember. I don't know why, right? You got access to it. Same thing when it comes to this, when it comes to your computers. Some of you, the best thing you can do, and you're going to lose your mind on me, is cancel your Netflix subscription. Right? Because it's not bringing life. It's not bringing health. And you don't know how to do it in a healthy way. And until you come to that place, the best thing, the healthiest thing, is for you to get it out of your life. You've got to do something about it. And that's what Jesus is saying. Do something about it. Gouge that stinking eye out. Don't have access to it. Stop looking at it because it's way better for you to cancel cable, for you to cancel your subscription, than for that to be what? It's the downfall of your life. And you spend, this is Jesus' words, and you spend eternity in hell because your heart is always led where your eyes go first. Man, this is huge. Second thing is this, if we're going to have a heart of integrity, is that you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Sounds so simple, but it's so true. You've got to keep your eyes 
on your Savior. That word keep means to retain, hold on to, keep a hold of. Keep a hold, keep a view, keep watching Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one through two says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And some of you, what you're watching is you're slowing you down spiritually. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this. We run the race we're supposed to run. We run in the right way instead of the wrong way. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Not our eyes on culture, not our eyes on what our friends are doing, not our eyes on what our coworkers are doing, but we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, a champion who initiates and perfects our faith. If you're going to run your race, if you're going to live this life and live it more abundantly that Jesus came and talked about, if you're going to do great things and not just try to have status, man, the only way you do that is by keeping your eyes focused on him instead of watching what is happening, what everybody else is doing, and letting garbage and trash and that which is dysfunctional and evil in. And the only one that gets to do that, the only one that fixes your thoughts and your gaze and your eyes is you. It's you. And you got to own this. And I got to close and I got to be done. I could talk about this all day. Here's what my prayer is is that it's today we step up and we own what we look at. That you stop blaming everybody else at what you're looking at. You stop blaming the way you were brought up. You stop blaming an addiction that has turned into a lifestyle. You stop blaming all this and you become responsible for watching watch you watch. We just understand the simple truth of this, that we don't fool ourselves, that we don't deceive ourselves any longer, but we understand what we watch is a really big deal because what we let in will eventually rule our hearts. So your job, my job is this, fix our eyes on God who helps fix our thoughts. And as a result, if we will do that, we become more like Christ. And that is a much, much better way for you and I to live. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, I pray that in this place today, you would move in our lives, that you would move us to being people of action, that we would not just be convicted, but we would be moved to change we would be moved to do something about it. Like you told us in Matthew chapter five, to do something, don't just keep lusting, don't just keep looking at the wrong thing, but do something about it. And so Lord, I pray that our gaze, that our eyes would be focused on you and that you as a result would help fix our thoughts and we would become more like you as it says in Colossians chapter three. That our gaze wouldn't be trying to keep up with everybody, trying to have the stuff and the status. No, 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 no. But that it would be focused on following a Savior of where you're leading us to. Some of us, we're chasing after and we're living this life all about things that, that just don't matter in the long run. Lord, it's not bringing us peace. In fact, it's stressing us out. 
And so, Lord, I pray, let us live this life out in a better way, and that better way is your way. Let us be cautious and let us be careful and let us pay attention to what we are looking at and focusing on because what we're looking at and what we're focusing on is what we're running after. So if we've been focused and watching things that isn't where you're calling us to run after, isn't a way to have a heart of integrity, I pray that we would correct the course because Lord, this life is full of course corrections. Some of us, we've just gotten off course. And I pray today that we would have conversations with our family, we would have conversations with ourselves, with our spouse, with our friends, and that there would be some mid-course corrections that we make. Because Lord, life's better when we do it your way instead of ours. So move and be with us with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here and you say, Justin, you're talking about course corrections talking about keeping your eyes on Jesus and somewhere along the way I took my eyes off of him so somewhere along the way where I need to be isn't where I am and I need to make a course correction today maybe you're here today and and you've never accepted Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of your life or maybe you have you just drifted. Today's about you coming back and making a course correction in your life. When I count to three, if that's you, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Your hand, yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands that are lifted. Is there anyone else before we go any further? In service today, you say, Justin, that's me. Man, this is your moment. Nobody can do this for you but you. Man, you may be at home watching online. If that's you, I would just encourage you to raise your hand right where you are. Is there anyone else before we go any further in this service? If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess where I am isn't where I should be. And I turn my focus and I turn my eyes on you. And I ask for your forgiveness. God, I confess that I've sinned, that I've messed up, but I turn away from that life. I repent of it. And I turn to you and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.